Craggy Island Rugby Podcast, day two of the final. We're in Café Rouge on Frederick Street, just off Princess Street. You can just see the castle coming through the mist. Mizzle. Mizzle, as I've, I've heard it called over here, which is that mixture of mist and drizzle. Mm-hmm. Good description. Alan Deegan, welcome along. Hey, Rob. William Davis. A drich day here in Edinburgh, as the late, great Bill McLaren might have said. It's not cold, but it's... Uh, it's a bit nasty. Okay, we're recording this intro just at around uh, just after eleven o'clock. But uh, the main part of the podcast will be after the teams are announced in the next hour or so. This morning, we visited uh, CSBS Studios. Big thanks to Colin in there who uh, put us up and uh, allowed us to get live on Go FM. Jerry O'Donnell was there. He's coming up in today's podcast. We'll have some other voices as well, which we'll introduce along the way. Uh, but uh, some things to look out for before we kick off in this podcast. Just to know a couple of things. One, we're on Twitter at. Aggie Rugby Pod, get on there, ask us questions uh, for tomorrow's podcast, and we'll answer them for you at some point during the podcast, those of you who didn't get around to doing it today. Don't forget tomorrow as well on Goy FM. We are live from four o'clock. The game kicks off at half past five, but the Craggy Rugby crew are live from four o'clock. Between four and five, we'll do the full big build up. We're hoping to chat to some fans, William, along the way, coming off the buses. Yeah, there's and at the ground. plenty of people finding all sorts of ways to get here. Double flights, flights and trains, boats, and a lot of people coming on buses. Uh, four buses, five buses from Galway, buses from Dublin, Athlone, Carrick and Shannon, Ballina, Westport. So we're going to try to meet some of those buses tomorrow morning and have a chat with people and just find out um, what sort of a journey they've had, and that'll help set the scene for us. It's going to be epic. I should have noted when we were in the studios this morning, we checked with Colin and he can record our singing. Um, we, we think we, we don't know yet about where we're going to take this. Maybe just covers to start? I don't know. You know we, got, we got some positive feedback on Twitter positive last Positive feedback, yeah, that's yeah. the way I describe it. Apart from Packy. <laughs> and, and um. Request. Yep, just tweet in a request. We'll, yeah, get, we'll yeah. give it a go. Yeah, there's no song we won't sing. Exactly. Well, there probably is, but test us. Yeah, we're going to try the Proclaimers a little bit later, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, I think it's appropriate. Mm-hmm. We were saying 500 miles, but our numbers man, Dave O'Connor, suggests a little bit less than 500 miles we travelled, I think. I think it was uh, 413 or something we like that. We can still say I would walk 500 miles, because we, we take a little detour to walk 500 miles from Galway to Connacht. Yeah, well, we had to detour Galway out to the... Galway to Connacht, Galway to Edinburgh. We had to detour out to the, uh, the studio this morning, so, yeah, we got a few, mi- few miles onto it there. Mm-hmm. All right, we covered everything. What else do we have to mention? Oh, hey, listen, if you're on iTunes, if you give us a review and rate us, it makes a huge difference in how much reach we can have with this podcast. And I'm sure if you like what we do, you want us to grow because we can get bigger, maybe get some sponsors and make sure we keep this going for seasons to come. But leaving all that aside, all you have to do is log on to iTunes and uh, let us know what you think of the podcast. Yeah, absolutely do. Another little word. People will be driving to the ferry ports. Who will be driving to airports? Some of them might... You might be on a tight schedule. It's National Slowdown Day in Ireland today, so the guards are going to be everywhere with their hair dryers and their mitts in the vans. So take your time. Don't rush it. Over here, there are cameras everywhere, and we've seen police spot checks for speeding all over the place yesterday evening. The first hour, hour and 20 minutes from the ferry port heading towards Edinburgh. The road is not great, so if you're driving in the dark, please take your time. You will get here, 
and you may have to deal with some heavy traffic tomorrow morning, but arrive safe. And then when you get to Edinburgh, marathon on for two days. It's shorter races on the Saturday and then the big race on the Sunday. Lots of road closures. Log on to uh, the websites over here to see exactly where they are. Use park and ride systems. Be clever. And uh, stay safe, folks. It's going to be an epic trip. All right, we've got some stuff to do. This morning, it was all about just getting around Galway Bay and laying out the, the big plans. Connick Branch President, Jerry O'Donnell from Ballina, spoke to us. Spoke to you in particular, William. He did. It was a follow-up to a chat we had in a very different part of the world about uh, oh, five, six months ago now. Where was that? Uh, that would be in Krasnorsk. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I'm with Connacht President Gerry O'Donnell here in Edinburgh. Gerry, the last time I interviewed you, we were standing on a street corner in Krasnorsk in Siberia. It was snowing. And we were dealing with the fact that my guide had just told us that it was minus 14 and that was as warm as it was going to get for the next three days, which I think came as a bit of a shock to us. I'm not sure we believed him. He was absolutely accurate. That was as warm as it got. But we're here for a totally different reason now. We're 36 hours away or maybe a bit less from what is the biggest day in the history of Connacht Rugby. And as president, how does that feel and what sort of a year has this built up to for you? William, it's absolutely an honour to be here today to represent all the rugby community throughout the West of Ireland, not just alone the senior players and senior followers and and all that. It's This is for everybody, for the clubs from Loch Ray to Tune, from Milltown to Sligo, all over, all through Mayo, Roscommon, Leitrim, and uh, County Galway, it's an absolute fantastic moment to be here representing all those people. I I was struck, uh, Jerry, on Tuesday when I went to the press conference at the sports ground. Uh, there was so many at it, we were moved from the media room up to what is rather prosaically just called meeting room one. I, I think it should be called the president's room because it's dominated by two boards listing all the presidents of the Connacht branch going back to the early part of the last century. And it sort of struck me that this whole thing we're doing now, we, we, we don't own Connacht. We, it's our job to nurture it and look after it and pass it on to the next generation. It's only ours temporarily. So you're correct, it is a privilege to be here now that we've got to something really big. Uh, that in no small part is, is due to the, the diligence of people who've worked very hard over the years to keep it going. And uh, how does that work out? I mean, Connacht now, rugby seems to be getting more popular. It is. It's getting very popular, William. Um, first and foremost, it's a game for everybody. Uh, all shapes and sizes, classes and creeds, it's open to everybody. There was a time when it had an elitist... Uh, air about it that's long long gone I don't think it was ever really there as much as people say but um, no no it's open to everyone now and we have young guys playing rugby throughout the province of Connacht and beyond who are not fit for Gaelic football or soccer they're just their body shape doesn't allow them to do it we have a place for them in our game and everybody doesn't have to play for Connacht you can aspire and hope that you'll get there and that's half the battle in every walk of life not alone just sport but just touching on, on the on the president's board you saw in the uh, clubhouse in the offices in Galway, I, I soldiered with a lot of those people, both as players and as administrators, and they were the salt of the earth, every one of them. And they often done without so that others could have in terms of rugby. 
And again, this goes back. It's an honour and a privilege to be here for them. And I'm just a caretaker for the next generation of presidents. It's been some year. Uh, it's been a rock and roll ride for all of us. I'm, I'm not sure any of us expected to get where we are now. How has it been for you? What, what have you been doing? You've been doing a lot of travelling. I, I, I was at a dinner there recently, William, in the University in Galway, and I opened my, my few words by saying from Swansea to Siberia and from Belmullet to Breve, uh, this Connacht team have gone that far and uh, it's just like an everyday trip for them now, no matter where they have to go, and they have no fear of whoever they're playing, including tomorrow's opponents. Um, I travelled with the team yesterday and they're confident young bunch without being overconfident they were just doing their everyday thing that they do every day of the week so while it's just another game for them it's at a higher level and I have no doubt in my mind that they will win tomorrow um, and they will give it their best shot and make everybody west of the Shannon uh, so proud of them I go into the dressing room with them before and after games in the sports ground in Galway one of the great things is that the county flags of all the counties are there hanging up Mayo, Roscommon, Leitrim, Sligo and Galway and it is absolutely, it's inspiring to see. We seem to be getting across the board support. Everybody is is getting behind tomorrow's game. Uh, that must be good to see. It's it's fantastic to see it. And last week, I, 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 while it was a nostalgic moment and a, and a very sad moment for the family of Joe McDonough, um, I had the honour of meeting him several times and he had just as much interest in rugby and the progression of rugby as he had in his beloved Gaelic games. And he typifies the new person, well, not the new person, but the type of person that's coming on board. People are just embracing rugby now because it's built into the psyche of the Irish people, plenty of aggression and respect for the opponents. Um, So when when you have the GA community coming on board, that's really what anybody wants. It's every rugby person's dream to have their Gaelic brothers you know, supporting them. And likewise, we support them as well. I think we can safely say tomorrow the roads in Connacht might be fairly quiet around about half five in the evening. I have no doubt. I, I, I work in the commercial world and a, even last Saturday um, when the kickoff was in Galway at five o'clock, um, I know rural towns and villages just emptied. People feel a connect and it's like in every sport, um, they want to be part of a winning team and there's nothing wrong with that. But definitely this weekend, um, the pubs will fill and the shops will empty. And I'd say there will be a few <coughs> church services probably postponed or delayed to, uh, to get the end of this game. And it's, it's just fantastic to be part of it. That's the voice of Jerry O'Donnell there. Uh, he's done a fine job in a very busy year, actually. We were talking about him for a brief second with him, but uh, just... You know, this is a hugely important time and he's a, he's a real ambassador for the game. He knows everyone and he's the perfect guy to have out front of house. He absolutely is the perfect guy. Uh, he's, he brings a certain <coughs> relaxed demeanour, but uh, when he has to switch on and do his presidential stuff, he does it with aplomb. Looking towards what's happened in the last 24 hours, because we haven't even updated people. You got through the ferry, William. Yes, yes, got through the ferry and uh, all the driving. Uh, Yeah, the ferry went better than I expected it to go. It's a bit different to the ferries I used to travel on when I was a child. Um, So that was a a long time ago, folks, in case you were wondering. Um, 
yeah, I just can't wait to go on the ferry again after the match. <laughs> hey, that was way more enthusiastic. He, uh, he was being sarcastic, but still a hint of enthusiasm there. Hey, we're in our hotel for tonight, which is uh, for Friday night, the holiday, and not too far away from Murrayfield. So teams have been announced, Alan. They certainly have. Um, huge news, really, from Leinster, losing their captain, Issa Nasewa, and their main liner operator in Devon Toner. Whew. That um, Bucky's hasn't changed to Bucky's odds. Bucky's still have Leinster at five point favourites, but I, in, in, in my, in my mind, that's a huge difference having those two guys missing. The sea was a huge leader on the field. From started off getting the try for them last week, and Toner caused us all sorts of trouble when he played against us in uh, December. So yeah, I'm 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 quite happy to see those two names not on the list. And Connick named the same team again. Uh, how long is it since Connick named the same team? Over two years. Since, since Pat Lamb last named the same fifteen. Exactly. I'm not saying exactly when because I don't want to talk about that result. <laughs> it didn't work out very well that day. Yeah, I think the we're in the place you want to be. Full squad within reason available to select from. No changes required. Um, the sea was a big loss. Toner's a big loss for them. Look, they've got a big squad. They, they, they'll feel like that they can rotate people in. But the sea does seem to bring a calming sort of influence to the whole... Set up for them, but Connacht will not even. They'll register it and move on. They're just going to feel that they're still playing a very, very good side. They're not going to be running around the dressing room because two guys aren't picked. Dave Finn's coming over to our podcast. We've uh, we've had to just help him out with the furry. He's flying over on Saturday morning, and he'll be on our post game podcast. I don't think he'll be on our morning podcast. Uh, uh, I thought he was flying over today. No, Dave's flying over on Saturday morning and getting the train up. Yeah. William's worried. Well, it's just, it's, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, I'll take your word for that one, Robert. It's uh, fluid. Everything is very fluid at the moment here. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. We will. Um, if, he's, if Dave Finn appears on the podcast tomorrow, it's because I've got my directions wrong. But anyways, Dave, you're listening. I'm sure you're going to send us a text immediately after you listen to this. Anyways, he's texting us saying, do we need supplies? He didn't put a question mark in on that, so I don't know what he's talking about. Dave, leave us alone. We're trying to do a podcast. No. No, we're fine. No, Adrian, Adrian's supplies are still keeping us going. Yeah, our craggy island chef. All right, where are we? Yeah, where's my lemon drizzle cake? I, do you guys eat that? No, no, I have your lemon drizzle cake. In the I had like my lemon drizzle cake. so it's nice and fresh. And I had my cookies. Actually, I should go and get some. No, we shouldn't. We need to record a podcast. I've got to feckin' edit this. It's all right for you guys going uh, off your yeah. naps in the he's afternoon. Yeah, yeah, so... so. Just wanted to say Leinster. one thing on the stats. No stats first, because this has been in my head, and I want to get it out of my head. Our ref tomorrow is on a hat trick of finals, Mr. Nigel Owens. His first ever game in the Pro 12 was the Border Reavers against Connacht. Wow! In 2002, they gave him a big one to start. They certainly did. Um, he yellow carded three players, <laughs> two Connacht props and the opposition prop, because he got fed up with the scrummaging that the messing they were going on in the scrummaging. Um, we won by a point. And the Connick scrum half that day was a certain Mr. Owen Redden. Oh, well. That's good. There you go. That's uh, Alan. More Alan stats. Good work, Alan. All right. Leinster, how bad is uh, the loss? Rob Carney, Dave Carney, and Luke Fitzgerald's their back three now. Uh, there's nothing bad about that back three. It's, it's, it's just small things. The, the play, look, Rob Carney's a, an international rugby player. so he's And a, a lion. And a lion. He's a good replacement for Easton Nasewa. Nasewa does bring a certain something to that side. He calms them down. He seems to provide leadership on the pitch. But Conant will have acknowledged the fact that he's not playing and the fact that Devon Toner's not playing and they will simply just move on and start concentrating on who is playing. It's 
you know, it's not as if they were replacing him with some lad from the academy who has never played before. That's a fair point. And Ross Maloney is a player we seriously rate in that second row, alongside a guy who played some great rugby when he was with Connick, Mick Carney. Great to see him back in fish and playing some top rugby. Oh, yeah, two, two super second rows. Mm. You know, that, that's, a, that's a heck of a battle that's going to go on in the second rows tomorrow. Um, you, you know, Alton Delan being the young gun on our side, but then we've got the experience of Ali Muldowney, who you'd like to see will um, show these, these young fellas how, how the game's still played. Jamie Heaslip in that back row is in top form. John Muldoon's going to have a battle with him? He certainly is. And, you know, as you mentioned, I think in, a, in one of your reports, there's an iconic fan in the country that would swap them at this moment in time, no matter how good Mr. Heaslip is. And yeah. he is good. Yeah, well, we got our leader in that position. The musical sting there was just because we had to move. When some local wanted to listen to uh, watch and listen to uh, Andy Murray in action in tennis, I think in Roland Garros, but I'm not sure. Indeed, in Roland Garros, and he did want to listen to the commentary. He wasn't happy with just having the pictures, so uh, we've moved down the hotel a little bit. Not a problem. Yeah, exactly. Considering it was Andy Murray, the local hero, um, Alan. Before we link, actually, we're going to link to Tom English now. Yeah, you just showed me the Wi-Fi. If I'm going to get this podcast out to the people, I need more Wi-Fi. So I'm going to yep. have to purchase a little bit more. But we'll get to that in a second. Uh, we're about to go off in a few minutes anyways to Murrayfield to do the pre-match press conference mm-hmm. before that talking to local rugby man over here now uh, former Munster man Tom English at Limerick Head and uh, he's on BBC Scotland regularly following Glasgow and Edinburgh blown away by Connick this year he certainly was um, you know, cracking, cracking interview and uh, he, you could certainly feel as, as a friend of mine a Munster friend of mine said, said I'm looking at the excitement that Connacht fans have and he said coming over here if Connacht do manage to win the stories that will be told about sleeping in camper vans and the backseat of cars mm. and hotel Toyota you know people will have it for years to come and that it's you know it's part of it's part of the journey it, you know the Munster guys did it going down to Bordeaux um, you know, Leinster fans have done it on their trips and journeys in the same with Ulster fans and it's now our turn to do it. Yeah, and Tom really gets into that, so well worth listening to. Recorded this uh, on a phone call with him a little bit earlier. Two and one. Delighted to say, joining us on the podcast now, Tom English from BBC Radio Scotland and of course uh, a man who knows Irish rugby very well from his days back in Ireland as a journalist. Tom, thanks for joining us. Pleasure, Rob, pleasure. You were uh, on our podcast back uh, about two, three months ago for for the game over in uh, Edinburgh, and that was a day when you really caught up close and personal the Connacht team and what they were trying to do. And I think at that point you said, "I don't see any reason why this Connacht team can't contend for the title." So I guess you're not surprised, but you got to be impressed. I'm hugely, hugely impressed. I'm not surprised at all. Um, I guess you, well, you guys would definitely have been convinced about this Connacht team before before I did, but certainly that performance. Performances around about that time against uh, against Edinburgh convinced me that this was a real joke. Um, hugely, hugely impressed with what they've done, not just on the pitch but off the pitch. The whole movement, the whole fan thing, the whole culture—it's just—it's just a great, great story, a fantastic story. And uh, to be honest, you know, against against Glasgow, I doubted Connacht. Mm. Uh, I didn't think that, I thought it would be very close, but I thought Glasgow's experience would win through. But um, but there you, there you go again, you know, I mean, they, 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 they got the job done. To, con- to concede only seven points in the in the last game of the group stage in the, at the sports ground, to concede only seven, seven points, this mm. Glasgow team was a hell of an achievement. And I know the conditions were wet and all that, 
But then to only concede 11 last weekend in the semi-final, having you know perfect conditions for, for both sides. Gregor Townsend said he'd learned loads in the first match and they were still held to 11 points and that doesn't happen very often to this Glasgow side. So it was, it was a brilliant coaching achievement and a brilliant performance from this Connacht side. Is this a lesson in sport too? You know, obviously geographically there was a lot of pride in being from the west of Ireland and Connacht fans I think have always been there. There's always been big numbers but maybe not going to every game and it's hard to latch on to things at, at, at times. But when something goes right, I mean, you, you look at Hibs in, in Scotland and that story last week, the mass crowds, but they don't get big crowds at their games. It ending like the crowd that was in Hampden Park. And Scotland is a similar kind of link to Ireland in that kind of sense. There's, there's a real a tribal element to fo- how they follow sports. So if things go well, a lot of people get on board. People call it a bandwagon, but I think people need something to follow, don't they? And isn't, is Connacht kind of an example of that now all of a sudden? Because of the way they play, because of the success they've had, and how they've done it with so few internationals, w- without spending too much money, it becomes a cause that you really want to be a part of. Like. Yeah, well, ab- ab- absolutely. And it's when, you start, uh, it's when you start getting people to your rugby matches that, never go, that have never been to rugby matches. Then, then you know that something profound has happened. And every, every team has got to start somewhere. You know, the whole monster revolution in, 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 in Europe, that started somewhere. And it was only, you know, back in 96, 97, 98 even, there was nobody going to, to monster matches. It started kicking on around 98, 99. Mm. And then all this great movement of people into Europe and as the team groups. Leinster, similarly. You, they, everyone's got to start somewhere. And Connacht have really started now. And you see it. It's a very, very powerful thing. And I... You know, I came back with the Glasgow on the same flight as the Glasgow players last Saturday night, um, and I was talking to a few of them. And you know, they were—they thought that they had learned the lessons of the sports ground. They thought they had figured it out mm. from the game from the game a couple of weeks before, but they hadn't. You know, and they were a little bit shocked, but hugely, hugely uh, uh, admiring uh, of of what Connacht did to them. Yeah, they had a bit of upset when Finn Russell was, was injured in the first minute. But I think they accepted that even if Finn Russell had stayed on the pitch, the, the result probably wouldn't have been any different. One thing I want to ask you is, one of the things that maybe irk us a little bit out west uh, when we hear some of the preview of the final is a, a constant refrain is, Leinster have the better players, but Connacht are the better team. I'd love to get your take on that because, like, while we don't necessarily think overall we have necessarily uh, 15 players who outdo Leinster in every department. At the same time, that better players is that fair, or or Connick being underestimated when people just talk about them as a team and not necessarily uh, give credit to the individuals? Uh, well, I think Connick would love to hear that. I mean, if the players shouldn't be irked by that, they should be inspired by that. That's great. That's 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 grist to the mill. Mm. Um, being being told that. Leinster players and maybe there is I don't know maybe in some aspects there's a condescending quality to that maybe Mm. in others there isn't but but if Connacht can can interpret that as them being patted on the head and 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 talk down to great you use it you use it I don't I don't I don't see that individually that Leinster are are have a have a big advantage uh, man for man, I don't see it. I look at I look at the, the individuals. Let's just take the individuals. I just look at the individual Connacht players, and I see and I see brilliant individuals. Yeah, they're not they're not star they're not star studded. Um, they don't have buckets of caps, but 
I see really well coached players who have back to back taken down the Pro 12 champions, Glasgow, the, the Glasgow at their absolute peak. You know, they're not missing, they weren't missing any guys apart from Dunbar in the second match. They had all their internationals and Connacht absolutely put them away. Um, so, yeah, the Leinster guys have guys who have won European Cups, who have won the Pro 12, uh, who have, who have, you know, been on lines to us fine. But individually, man for man, are they better at the moment, right at the moment? I wouldn't say. We've just heard Issa Nasir out and Devin Toner out. Ross Maloney out in, and who's in the fullback, Alan? Rob Kearney. Rob Kearney in as well. So injuries there, so that's going to disrupt them a little bit. How do you think it's going to go tomorrow, Tom? Um, I, um, I, I think that Connacht will find a way of winning. Right. I hope that Connacht will find a way of winning. I think it would be brilliant for the tournament and for Irish rugby if Connacht won. Um, I I know there's a narrative built up in Ireland that it, the, the match shouldn't be Edinburgh, it should be in Ireland. and I know there's a cost element to all of that, uh, of course, and, and the Edinburgh hotels are fleecing uh, the Irish fans as they always do. But I think it's something special about a movement of people, Rob. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's a journey. And if Connacht were to pull it off tomorrow, they'll be telling stories forever about the time they went in the camper van to Edinburgh, the brilliant odysseys that all these people have had. And if they were just going going up the road to to uh, uh, to, to Dublin um, for the match, it wouldn't be the same. It would not be the same. It's the odyssey. It's the big journey to, and the sacrifices and the taking time off work if they have to take time off work and emptying the bank account and getting here on any, by any means possible, sleeping in a box at the side of the road. All of those, <laughs> all of those, all of those stories will be will live forever in Connacht if they win. And I think I think, I think Leinster will turn up. The performance in their semi final against Ulster was pretty was pretty chilling. Um, it was Leinster at their at their absolute best. But I've I've stopped doubting this Connacht team. I've stopped <laughs> doubting them. And I'm going to back him. I'm going to back him tomorrow. We had someone staying in Hotel Toyota today, so we were like, "What's that? Oh, right, your backseat of your car." He's like, "Yeah, that's where I am." Um, listen, you're bringing your son to the game. You're getting a, a rare day off. I hope you're in the in the midst of a lot of Connacht fans. I have a feeling chances are most of the neutrals are going to be with Connacht, anyways. Any of the Glasgow fans who had their tickets will be going along and cheering on Connacht, I presume. Well, well, yeah. I mean, I, I, absolutely. I mean, Connacht. You know, uh, the underdog, and they will be still considered the underdog. Uh, everyone will be, everybody will be, everybody else outside of Leinster will be cheering Connacht. I actually managed, uh, while nobody was looking, to grab a small Connacht flag and stick it in the bag in the sports ground. Nice, nice. So, so my young, my young fellow will be bringing that with him tomorrow to the match. No disrespect to Leinster, I, I, I get on really well with a lot of those Leinster guys. But we all like, a, we all like a, a fairy tale story, and this would be. Absolutely sensational if if O'Connor to put it up. I think they deserve to win. They're the great story of the season. Um, it would be mega. Tom English, thanks for joining us again, and uh, hopefully we'll have you on again next season when we're back in Edinburgh. But uh, enjoy the game. Thanks a million. Likewise, enjoy the game.
the voice of Tom English there. Big thanks to him for joining us, BBC Radio Scotland's uh, main rugby man. And he is uh, going to be in the crowd cheering on Connacht. He's got that flag with him as well, as he said, that he grabbed from the sports ground on the way out. Brilliant stuff. William, uh, we didn't talk about Connacht in any detail. We just said they haven't changed. So let's get into that. We've talked about Leinster and their team selection. No changes for Connacht. That means no Quinn Roo, one of, uh, one of the Irish squad members. Yeah, that's something that you'd find hard to believe that we're leaving a guy who's just been selected for uh, the Ireland Tour to South Africa and he's not in the 23, but that, that shows you where we've got to. We still have some injured players, obviously. Some of them have been out for long parts of the season. Uh, Dennis Buckley and Nathan White more recently, but we have a squad depth there and a squad strength and it's great to be able to make no changes so that they're training, which will have been... I suspect this week will have only been one heavy session and a lot of maybe just preparation work, watching videos and analysis, which they'll be doing a huge amount of. So they'll be set and ready to go. They certainly will. I'm just checking the the 42 site there and someone's asked a question. Is Quinn Rue injured or is he dropped? I hate using the word drop, but not, well, not, not selected. selected. Not selected, sorry, not yeah. selected. No, no, it's not that I'm saying it, but he is dropped in, in, in so many words. Yeah, which is, you know, just begs the question about the difference between the, the styles that, that Ireland play and that, that Connacht play. And it, it certainly Liam Tolan finished off his article today wondering that if Connacht do manage to win, whether there'll be a, a press conference on how Ireland played the game and is Connacht's way the way forward. Okay, so our evening is, uh, we're going to Murrayfield now in a few, uh, few minutes and we're going to catch both press conferences, maybe catch a bit of the captain's run as well um, those press conferences are going to be strange 24 hours before a game God knows what really you can ask them and then it goes on from there we've got a busy busy uh, schedule for the next 24 hours too Yeah I suppose Leinster are more used to doing these type of uh, compulsory press conferences in which because of all the finals they've played in I suspect we learned very very little because <laughs> this time it'll just be this is just to keep the bubble going for the sponsors and stuff. A little bit of a drive forward. Have we any questions on Twitter, Alan? Um, uh, just just a couple of couple of mentions. Someone wanted to know what songs we could be singing. Is there any new stuff we could be singing? Should we be singing the N17? Is that something we could get everyone singing? Um, so yeah, well, that's up to the fans on that one. I'm not sure we can. You know, I know we I can know. try it from the press box, but maybe yeah. get Jerry O'Donnell to try it from the Royal Box. Did you mention that in your interview with him? I didn't actually mention that with him. <laughs> Jerry O'Donnell's going to be sitting in the royal box, he said, with at least one other uh, Connacht uh, representative. Indeed, and perhaps there will be a royal representative there, and uh, I hope he has uh, a Connacht scarf for the royal personage. Another piece of feedback on Twitter. Marcin Shoiga has asked us to make sure we can ask people to get down to the ground early and cheer the crowd, cheer the, 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 the team into Murrayfield and you know give them that little bit of boost right from the very start. That's a good call. Yeah, there's a fan zone there from 2.30 tomorrow. I, I don't know what that'll consist of, but uh, yeah, it is important. It was very impressive in Grenoble when a lot of Connacht fans there, but particularly the Grenoble fans, cheering in the team bus. They were, they All the were, way around the stadium. stadium. It was an amazing sight. So, yeah, uh, it's... I, what time would that be? Roughly four o'clock? Yeah, something like that. We can probably double-check that tomorrow, actually. We probably can get that information. Well, sorry, this evening, and then we can put it out on Twitter. Yep, we'll do that, tell you what time to get there, and uh, yeah, excitement is really building now. 
final thoughts from me. I've, I've never been involved in anything like this, Alan, uh, in terms of in my journalism career, which has gone on, whatever, so it's probably in, in, in on about 14 years now. I've, I've never experienced anything like such a build-up to something. We've we done the Lions tour, did a bit of work at that, uh, but it was mainly doing that as a fan. But this is this is quite interesting and, and it's intense and it's really exciting. The build-up yesterday, a lot of work, we're so busy, but it just occurred to me that the match isn't for another, what, 20? From right now, it's about 27 hours away. <laughs> Exactly. Maybe no, 26. This, this, this reminds me of a smaller version of Italia 90, <laughs> you know, where people are jumping on board and they get onto this bandwagon and the excitement, it, you know, it's just, yeah, I've never been involved in working at something like this and, mm. and you know, it's brilliant. It's helping pass the time apart from anything else. <laughs> yeah, I have to say, we, we, are, we are flying through a lot of work. The lads in particular, I'm just going to give them a bit of kudos here, are going through a hell of an amount of organising, emailing, driving around. In the meantime, I'm editing podcasts in the background and doing my little bit. William, enjoying it? Yeah, absolutely, of course. You've got to enjoy it. It's, we've waited a very, very long time for Connacht to get to this top table. And uh, once we're there, everybody should be revelling in it. And I think they are now. I think the fans are getting really, really behind this. And it's great to see. We're hearing all sorts of stories about just buses and buses and people coming over. So hopefully we, we'll be able to... We, I don't know whether we'll outnumber Leinster tomorrow. They, they might be a little bit more low-key. There could be plenty of them coming. But you certainly get the feeling that Connacht are travelling in massive numbers. I think we've mentioned this already, but just in case it got lost in the cut, 20,000 more tickets have been sold for this final So uh, since, uh, since the Glasgow Connacht game when it was at 28,000 that night. So you can judge from that yourself. Yeah, another John, tweet there. Yeah, John Mulligan just, just tweeted that there's another bus going to Edinburgh. They've just put on another bus. You need to call... Well, there's no point in us telling you because by the time this gets out, it'll be too late because uh, it needs to be before 2pm. If you if it, check our Twitter feed, though, at Craggy Rugby Pod, just in case they have, uh, they've added any news updates on that, we'll tweet them out. But, yeah, OK, that's it. We've got stuff to do. Keep listening. Keep sending us your, t- your tweets and your questions on Twitter. Um, we're going to be busy. What's our schedule for the next 24 hours? Give me some, some of the key points. Uh, well, we have two press conferences uh, this afternoon and uh, the captain's runs, which we can go to because we're not visual media, apparently. But the, the, the camera boys can't. Um, then we've got a sort of a press reception thing tonight with a free bar and food. Oh, that's going to be tough. I'll go to that, lads. You can stay back. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. let Rob. Yeah. We just, yeah, we just let Rob do that. We'll, we, we, we'll just go down the road for a bag. We'll go down for a bag of chips and a, a yeah. coke. Yeah. Uh, not, um, and then we're going to try to meet up with some of the uh, clan fans in the Three Sisters yep. public house uh, to see what they're doing. And then tomorrow morning, we're going to try to meet some of the buses that are arriving, which now seems to be an invading army of buses. Um, then we'll be trying to get the podcast out, and then we've got to go to Murrayfield because there's a match on. Tomorrow's podcast is going to be a little bit shorter because you can appreciate we'll have a, a hell of a lot to do in prep, but we'll, we'll get it out, and we're going to enjoy it. Yeah. It's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from Alan. Yeah, I'm going off to do my stats. Good stuff. William, going off to get a, I don't know, I'm Starbucks gonna, coffee? No, I'm not going for Starbucks coffee. I'm actually going to go and have myself a 30-minute nap. Nice. I'm going to have myself a one hour and 20 minutes editing a ton. Edit a ton. That's not even a word. Come on, just move. Oh, yeah, here's a bit more of us listening to music in the car. Today's choice of music is the great David Bowie.
video. Just for one day. My God. Am I straight as Keep going straight, yeah. We can change the rules. If they don't know we're not from around here with these car flags, then uh, no. 